pack the court or keep it to nine, what would a sudden infusion of Supreme Court justices do to the Republic and our separation of powers? Roman Bueller from Keep Nine joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for being here. On this episode, we're talking about the Supreme Court, its number of justices, and a proposed amendment to the United States Constitution to keep that count to nine, meaning nine Supreme Court justices only. And to help us with our discussion, we welcome Roman Bueller from Keep Nine to the show. Welcome, sir. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, your information, Roman, came to me at just the perfect time. And, you know, I don't often share my uh, my opinions about public policies, but I got to say, I think I've had enough of governing officials trying to garner more power for their party or, or for themselves. And so, you know, throughout the year, I've heard this rumor that there might be another attempt at court packing. Uh, and of course, this would follow the election. And to be honest, I really don't care which party is thinking about it, which political party. I think it's potentially a dangerous thing to do right now, you know, especially given the degree of polarization between the political parties. You know, we've got COVID-19 shutdowns, we've got riots and protests across the country, and there's this sort of general air of stress and strain on the American people. I think we're sitting on a real powder keg. So, you know, I think I'd like to think that, uh, you know, in these challenging times that we can rely on our prescribed governing structures to help guide us through these kinds of messes. So I'm glad to hear people are pushing back. And, you know, I want to get into the uh, the Keep Nine Amendment proposal. But first, I think it'd be a good idea, you know, for some of our listeners who either didn't go to law school or maybe their constitutional law class is getting a little rusty. I want to open with this question about the Constitution, Roman. On, you know, what limitations does the Constitution currently have in regards to that critical number of justices on the Supreme Court? Well, the Constitution is silent on the number of justices. And so that means that over the years, in the first 75 years of the Republic, there was a lot of mischief done by Congress uh, on the size of the Supreme Court. It was changed several times for political advantage by Congress. Yeah, walk us through some of those eras. You know, in my research, I was surprised to learn that the number not only went up, but it also went down. So can you walk us through a couple of those critical dates, what was going on there? Sure. Well, in uh, 1789, the Congress set the number of justices at six. In 1807, they increased it to seven. In 1837, they increased it to nine. Both of those were cases where Congress wanted to add some friendly justices to the court. And then you have the most interesting part of the history, which is in the middle of the Civil War, the Republicans uh, went we went from nine to 10 uh, because the Republicans wanted to add a friendly justice. The previous justices, uh, too many of them have been appointed by, uh, by Democrats uh, in the years before the Civil War. Then in 1866, when Johnson was president, Republicans didn't want Johnson appointing uh, justices to fill vacancies. So they reduced the number of justices from 10 to seven. And then in 1869, when Ulysses Grant was elected, now they had a friendly president, so they increased the number back to nine so they could put some, some allies on the court. And that history, I think, really convinced people that changing the size of the court was, was mischief. And so over the next 75 years, the tradition grew up that the Supreme Court number should not be changed. And that tradition held until 1937. In 1937, Franklin Roosevelt, who just won an overwhelming victory, thought that he could add six more justices to the court so he'd be able to, to, uh, to control it. And it was referred to as court packing. And what Roosevelt didn't understand and didn't expect was that there was a bipartisan outcry 
against manipulating the size of the court. And despite his huge advantage in Congress, a coalition of Democrats and Republicans united to defeat his proposal. And ever since then, people have thought, well, you know, nobody's ever going to try to pack the court again. But we have a problem now. And that is that uh, in the last year or two, there's been quite a bit of talk about doing what Roosevelt failed to do and trying to increase the size of the court. And we can talk about who's uh, who's who's doing that uh, in a minute. Yeah. And you mentioned the president and you mentioned Congress. But just as a point of clarification, you know, which governing body has that ultimate authority to change the number either up or down for the Supreme Court justices? Well, it would be it, it can be done by law, which means that either Congress can do it alone if there's a two thirds majority in both houses or uh, it can be a, a cooperative enterprise between uh, Congress and the president. Well, getting back to that separation of powers, you know, how might packing the court disturb, you know, those related checks and balances, you know, that separation of powers between our three primary uh, forces of government? Well, we rely on each of the uh, branches to check abuses of power by the other. You know, the classic example of abuse of presidential power, I think, was that was the term of Andrew Jackson when he uh, decided that in violation of treaties that he had with the Indians, he was going to uh, confiscate the land of the Cherokees and send them off on what later became known as the Trail of Tears. And the Supreme Court ruled that he didn't have the authority to do it, that the country was bound by a treaty. And so Andrew Jackson said, well, how many regiments does the Supreme Court have? And he went and did it anyway. Now, today, the Supreme Court has the prestige that it didn't have in the 1830s. And uh, the, the government authorities would probably obey the Supreme Court. But if a future Andrew Jackson Uh, could simply pack the court with his own partisans, then there's virtually no limit on what an out-of-control, power-hungry president could do or what an out-of-control president with the support of uh, Congress could do. Well, you mentioned the last couple of years that this has been coming up, and I kind of tuned into it after I heard about it a little bit, but mostly, you know, just the last 12 months I've been hearing about it. So, you know, who's talking about this right now? Who's talking about packing the court and adding extra Supreme Court justices? Well, most of the conversation, most of the uh, uh, of the ideas are coming from the progressive side of the political equation because they're the ones that have an agenda that they think the current court wouldn't agree with. So it started with some uh, activist groups and uh, then uh, very unfortunately, uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, began to talk about how if the court didn't rule in his way uh, that uh, he and his uh, allies in the Senate might have to restructure the court. And then in the presidential campaign, a number of presidential candidates uh, began to talk favorably about the idea of expanding the size of the court. So Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, and most concerningly, Kamala Harris, who when asked, and this is a quote from the New York Times, they said, what do you think of court packing? And she said, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm absolutely open to it. So people are very concerned that in a future administration, we might have a court packing effort. And there's also some language which was inserted into the Democratic National Platform, which talks about court restructuring. Now, they don't say what that means, but that can certainly encompass a proposal to pack the court. So there's there's an idea out there. The good news is that both of the presidential candidates today, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden, have said they oppose court packing. The problem is that we know from history that presidential positions can change over time. And so our proposal is to make sure that court packing could never happen again. And that's why 
we've proposed the Keep Nine Amendment to permanently set the court at nine. Well, tell us a little bit more about your amendment proposal there. You know, how does it work and, uh, you know, how will it future proof that kind of tampering from a uh, malicious Congress? So the amendment would be the shortest amendment in the history of the Constitution. All it says is the Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices. Pure, simple, that's it, common sense. And so our strategy is to do, again, what's been done 27 times in the history of the Constitution, and that is to get two-thirds of Congress to propose the amendment and three-quarters of the states to ratify it. Now, people say, well, you can never get a constitutional amendment. It's, it's so difficult. But if you look at the recent history of constitutional reform, how did a woman's right to vote get into the Constitution? It got in because citizens all over the country, state leaders from all over the country, and eventually members of Congress demanded that it be done. And it was simple. People could understand it. That happened again when the Congress proposed and the states ratified the amendment to prohibit presidents from serving more than two terms. And very recently it happened when the Congress proposed and the states ratified an amendment to guarantee 18-year-olds and over the right to vote. So constitutional reform is possible when there is overwhelming public support and when it's simple and when people think it's in the interests of the country. And we think we ought to do that same process with the Keep Nine Amendment. Well, speaking of process, where are you in that process? You know, how much longer of a timeline do you think there might be? And then uh, can you also tell us about the type of support that you've received? The critical thing in any kind of amendment process that requires two thirds of Congress and three quarters of the states is the effort has to be bipartisan. It can't be can't come from just one side of the political spectrum or the other. And so we now are very proud to have a coalition of eight former state attorneys general, uh, six of whom, as a matter of fact, are Democrats who support the amendment and have urged candidates across the political spectrum to support it. They're also a group of former members of uh, Congress and other statewide elected officials and academics uh, who are for it. And our goal is to build that coalition so that every candidate, every elected official in the country has to answer a very simple question. Would you support the Keep Nine Amendment that says the Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices? And our polling shows that by three to one, voters would support that amendment. Swing voters in uh, this fall's election appear to support it by margins of almost four to one. And we think that as this issue becomes more prominent, the pressure is going to grow. Now, will we get an amendment this fall? No. Congress is about to go out for recess. But we think over the next two years, pressure is going to build and eventually Congress is going to realize that uh, the alternative to proposing this amendment is unacceptable rejection by the voters at the polls. Well, last question for you, Roman. You know, if people want to support your amendment proposal or if they want to get involved or if they want to keep up to date on your progress, where should they reach out? So we, we, we're asking people to do two things. One, we're asking them to come to our website, which is www.keep9.org. Connect with us. We can send you more information, link you up with other people in your area. Uh, but the other thing that people can do on their own without ever talking to us is ask candidates, ask the candidates that you have the ability to vote for, whether it's for president, for Senate, for Congress, or even for state office. Ask them, where do you stand on the Keep Nine Amendment to preserve the current number of nine Supreme Court justices? And if people across the country begin asking candidates, we think this is going to create a momentum that will uh, preserve the independence of the Supreme Court 
preserve our system of constitutional checks and balances and keep the country and our democracy safe from the abuse of power. Well, that's all the time we have, but I want to thank you so much for joining us, Roman. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on your show. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you get a chance, please leave us a review in your favorite podcast. Yep, it's really good for the show. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Clitty. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.